to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Welcome back to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast, where my guest today is Yoav Amitai, the CEO of Elsight. Elsight trades on the ASX as ELS and has become a global leader in connectivity for drones. Top drone manufacturers and delivery service providers use Elsight's platform Halo to ensure their drones fly safely. That includes when they fly beyond the visual line of sight, or Bivolos, as it's called in the industry. Elsight is a front runner in the rapidly developing drone delivery sector where beyond the visual line of sight is critical. It already has a contract with leading US company DroneUp, which in turn supports retail giant Walmart's rapidly expanding home delivery service. Another key client for Elsight is Sprite, which helps solve many of the toughest health service challenges in communities across the United States. With reports about drones being used in everything from natural disaster relief efforts to ferrying spectators to the Brisbane Olympics in 2032, it's an opportune time to talk with Elsight about developments in drone delivery and how Elsight fits into all of these. Yoav, welcome back to the program. Hi, Justin. Thank you very much. Always nice to be here. So you have a professional background in mechanical engineering, and I believe you started your career with a company that made movable swimming pool floors. So how did you make the switch from a business like that to drone technology? Wow, you take me back um, <laughs> seven years. I hope they're um, good memories, Yoav. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what how how we are they are the same we're somewhat the same so when i used to work in the company names is agor and we when i used to work there it was not a swimming pool or anything like that company it was more of a out of the box thinkers of try to solve complex problems in the, in buildings and constructions um and it's required all the time out of the box thinking of how you innovate how you do new stuff in a mechanical world, but still um, out of box thinking it's a muscle that you need to train. Um, and then I came across Elsight, like I said, something like six years ago, um, a good friend of mine um, put me in contact with the former CEO near Gabay. And uh, the rest is history. I went through many different positions within Elsight. Um, and something like three, three and a half years ago, we started to pivot the business more towards a um, product product um, company rather than a project company. And we completed this phase by releasing the market, the Halo, which become now the, like you said, industry leader product for beyond visual line of sight connectivity for drones and crude platforms in general, which um, we see now the returns of all the hard work we put into it and all the investment we put there how it started to pay off. So before we move on to your key contracts at Elsight and, and the future of drones, can you explain to us very simply what the Halo platform does? Yeah, I would say in a very high level, so one of the toughest challenges within this market is how you maintain a reliable connectivity link between the platforms that travel around 
whether it's in the air or on the ground, to the command center or the pilot on the other side, the person who needs to control it. Mm. Maintaining this kind of link, like I said, is one of the toughest challenges because think about a platform that flying around, you don't want to lose the communication with it because you'll have zero understanding of what's going on there. So keeping a constant, reliable link with the platform is something essential for this industry in general to scale or to complete its its uh, destiny, let's call it. And, and that's what the Halo is doing, is providing the best quality of service for to be able to control and operate those kind of flying or drive, driving platforms. Um, we call it connection confidence. We, in the bottom line, we provide the most reliable communication link you can get for um, any type of environment, harsh or more of an easier, easier environment. Um, that's what the Halo provides. Halo is also part of your design win strategy. Can you explain what this is and why it's so important for the company as commercial drone use scales up in the United States and also set to take off in Australia later this year? Yeah, of course. So when when you are when we are started to work in the Nissan market, which rapidly evolved and rapidly um, started to to grow into a substantial market. We thought, what would be the best strategy to make LSI an industry leader or to make the Halo our product the, um, the industry standard for reliable communication? And we took a reference from what Intel did in the 70s, started to compete with then. Back then, it was Motorola, the biggest chipset manufacturer in the world. Um, you won't believe it. Um, and they, they went with this design strategy, which means that basically... Every computer manufacturer I'm taking Intel reference that will build their computer or their PC based on the Intel chipset will become a design win, which means that as long as this PC is in the market, sold in the market, Intel will benefit from selling chips to this manufacturer. And we took exactly the same approach of understanding that we need to have as broad as possible um, footprint in the market from big companies to very small ones, early stage startups, but we want to be there as early as possible, having the broadest possible um, customer base. And by that, we're creating a very powerful growth engine for LSI because each one of those platform manufacturers or service providers are going with the Halo with our product through all the engineering hassle, through all the certification, uh, whether it's FAA, YASA, CASA certification, other kind of certification. And then it's become uh, one of the main elements of their solution. Now, if, as long as they selling the solution to other, to their partners or to their customers, we will benefit of having more and more growth and more scales by, by using the industry. And today um, we have dozens of, of partners, of designing partners that are using the Halo and we see the benefit of it, again, by having a very small investment in sales and marketing because each design win that we are there, we are there to stay. And then each one of those represent what we call the tip of an iceberg, which means we only started to scratch the surface understanding how big are these icebergs and we're growing with the industry. And, and I think today, again, two years after we started with this strategy, um, we start to see the benefit of it, of return orders with re- a lot of recurrent revenue attached to it, um, and it's played very well into the business. Uh, into the business, so 
that's the design strategy in general. So you mentioned the United States there. If we look at the US, Walmart plans to reach 4 million homes across seven states this year. So how does Elsite support DroneUp, which in turn provides services for Walmart? Yeah, so first of all, these 4 million households was for the, their goal for 2022. They put this goal back in May 2022. And I can say that they not only achieve it, they even overachieve it by talking about publicly information what they already published that they are today in 36 stores across um, seven states, like he said, serving millions of households with drone deliveries for Walmart. And for us, again, it's just another proof of the design strategy together with the how this industry is going to look like at scale. And again, we're only in the beginning, start to see how it's work. The way we pro- we um, support DroneUp in their initiative or in their deployment is, like I said before, providing them, like any other of our customers, with the reliable communication link that they require to operate this huge deployment. And, and it's only the beginning. And based on our infrastructure, what, what we provide, it's, a scalable infrastructure that can support both existing and future growth. And uh, we're looking forward to continue this partnership and to grow it into new heights. You also have, you know, have key contracts with Sprite in the United States and Speedbird Aero in Brazil. So what do these companies do? And tell us how Halo is supporting them serve their local markets. Speaking of drone in general, and we'll probably talk about it later in the show, there are multiple use cases or endless number of use cases that can be done with this technology, with these platforms in general. In, the, in our case, or in this case that you mentioned, Sprite and Speedbird in Brazil, Sprite in the US and Speedbird in Brazil, those are companies that are doing kind of drone as a service which provide different services to their customers from last mile logistics through inspections and security in some places. They have multiple drones they are using. Each one of those companies use multiple drones, all of them equipped with a halo. It's one of their requirements from their platform manufacturers to have halo on board so they will have the necessary communication with the platform. And um, th- those are just two or three, if I'm including drone up example of our of our customers and how they look like so speedbird in brazil is an example doing healthcare services to deliver different drugs and tests between hospitals and for sprite in the us in in places in europe and that's one of the main use cases in drone last mile logistics in general Mm. it's goods that require some urgency or need to know some quality of service let's call it of how long it will take to, to complete the delivery or the mission, and that's exactly what they're doing. So if you look at the market and what we're seeing now, we're seeing drones being used a lot more for grocery and healthcare deliveries in the United States and Brazil, uh, and also in Europe and the United Arab Emirates, big developments there. McKinsey is forecasting, I think by 2030, about 200 billion packages will be sent either by drone, robots, or autonomous vehicles. And in the United States last week, you would have noted that there was legislation introduced into Congress to advance the integration of drones, including 
Vivlos operations, especially into American airspace. That's been very busy as well, American airspace. So um, what's some of the progress that you're seeing in uh, drone development around the world? At the beginning, this the whole drone industry started or started to become a buzzword when Jeff Bezos said in 2015 that Amazon is going to do their, their deliveries with drone mm. yes. uh, and investing millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into this program. And people always criticize this industry by technology that is looking for a problem um, and say it with a lot of um, cynical sentiment, let's call it. And I think that today, looking on this industry progress, both from regulatory perspective and also from actual real-world um, use cases, we start to see the involvement of how exactly, what exactly are the use cases or the usage of drones that are relevant, what are those that can be monetized, what are those that have an interesting business case in it. Um, so like you, like you mentioned, from all the way from legislation that is happening worldwide to do beyond visual line of sight operation to deploying more and more drones from different, for different kind of, uh, of cases. Um, we see the industry is doing big jump. If you're looking, I think the COVID was a big accelerator because we understand that this kind of infrastructure is agnostic for world changes and is very um, productive, I will call it, for, for different kind of, again, different kind of, um, usage. So we see a very rapid expand, expand happening in this industry. And uh, looking at 2023, I believe that we'll do another big step, both in regulatory approvals, but also in deployment of actual real world example of what it will be and how it will look like. And like I said before, just scratching the surface of what's possible with this great technology. And so in relation to that, how soon do you think Australia will catch up to what's happening overseas? Looking in, in the Australian market, maybe you'll be, you'll be surprised that Australia was one of the pioneers in drones in general and drone program. Um, when you're looking on big retails in Australia, like Coles that are already doing deliveries in Canabra and Brisbane and some places in the Gold Coast and others, um, so you see a lot of usage happening with drones and the Australia um, regula regulator CASA uh, is providing a lot of frameworks of how it, how it will be done. And in general, looking on Australia, I think Australia have a very interesting um, environment to use drones because of the population in the end of the day. Um, it's, it's not a big population on one hand. On the other hand, they a very big country, but most of the people are living in um, in a very specific areas. So that makes the drones case much more interesting. And we can talk about different kind of use cases of how they can be used in Australia for different kind of um, benefits of the Australian uh, population or the Australian society. So um, we're seeing a lot of, uh, of usage happening in Australia, and I believe that that will be expanded over time. So what about, I mentioned in my introduction about drones potentially being used uh, in Turkey and Syria for after, in the wake of this earthquake. Uh, and, it's, and it's these advancements where I think that 
the real potential for drones, certainly in emergency situations, come to the fore. So what are you seeing in terms of how it can, drone technology can be rolled out in the way we respond to natural disasters? Yes, yeah, so many of the footage um, that you see coming from those distractions, um, both in Turkey and Syria, have come uh, from drones, um, which allows the emergency responders at the end of the day to get a clearer picture of what's going on, what's happened there, where they might find still lives uh, to, be, to be saved and protected. Um, and drone can, can also get closer image than crude aircraft and can reduce the risk of the people who are trying to help or the first responder to, to understand or to have the situational awareness of what's going on. And not only standard footage, it can be thermal footage or kind, other kind of technologies that are using on board on those drones. And that's provide a very broad picture or very complete picture for those first responders who is um, literally risk their lives to save other people's lives. And uh, again, looking on how they use drones and what is being done there with it, it's very interesting to see another use case of how it can be used um, in help actual protect real life. Um, and it's very fortunate, I would say, to be part of such industry that can help us as a human society to um, to help others and uh, to keep people um, live longer. What about in terms of bushfires, Yoav? Australia has had some very destructive fires and floods in particular. So how are um, drones being used to help recovery from these disasters and how could I suppose they be used even more in the future to improve emergency responses? So not only from a uh, situational and awareness standpoint, like I said before, of, of understanding how big is the crisis or what's going on or where um, the first responders should, should start. Not only that, but also after the recent floods that was in South Australia, um, one of the Australian's drone company called Carbonics partnered with um, the electricity distributor, um, SA Power Networks to conduct kind of bivalent aerial inspection on remote water affected electricity lines and other potentially hazardous assets across the large flood affected areas. Uh, in this situation and in other natural disaster where there are risks from the weather or fires, drones provide a much safer alternative to crude aircraft such as helicopters and um, other kind of Cessnas and other um, helicopters to, the, again, to provide a better picture to the, res to the first responders uh, to the hazard situation to understand the full pictures. Uh, drone can also be up to 80% cheaper to operate um, and emit about 90, 98% less carbon um, footprint than a crude aircraft. And again, so it's not only from having a better picture um, cheaper, but also how do we save the environment um, and exceed from there. So yeah, that's another benefit of uh, using drones. We've also, we're also seeing drones being used now, certainly in Australia, to patrol the beaches because of sharks. What, what's your what's your knowledge about how the drones are being used there and what benefits they can provide, particularly lifesavers? So CASA, um, the Australian uh, regulator, has just approved Bivilos Beyond Visual Line of Sight surveillance trials over Sydney beaches as part of the New South Wales government, $85 million in shot mitigation measures over the next couple of years. 
The trial will expand on the use of drones operated within visual line of sight by Surf Life Saving New South Wales, and we'll expand it into beyond visual line of sight, again, to track where the sharks is and uh, people that are in hazards area. So, mm. yeah, that's a very interesting use of, uh, of drone, another interesting use of drone. Presume, and I presume over time that's only going to uh, increase the use to, to make those beaches safer. Now, tell me about the um, Israeli National Drone Initiative Yoav, Elsight is taking part in a trial there of the, of the second phase of this initiative. What's that What's that all about? Yeah, so we call the Israel National Drone Initiative, I'll call it INDI, just as an, an acronym, so I don't need to repeat it all the time. So we call it INDI, which means that the, the third year already in a row that the Israeli government, the Israeli Innovation Authority is doing kind of a testing of how the world will look like with using multiple drones operator or in the same airspace um, with manned aviation and unmanned aviation and how everything will work together. Um, and Elsight actually was pulled into this project two years ago, a little more than two years ago, when they have a very big challenge of, again, how to maintain reliable communication between all those platforms that are flying around to the same control center. And they asked us to provide uh, a solution for that. And then we started to work with literally every drone flying as part of this program is using the Halo. And in, by the end of, the, of last year, of 20, 2022, they released kind of a grant uh, for companies to participate on the next two years, 23, 24, as part of this program. And they asked us to participate in this grant request just because they understand how vital and how important our technology is for this airspace or urban airspace activity in general. Um, so now we are official part of the INDI program. And what we provide there is, again, reliable communication to, to our customers to be able to, to operate in the same airspace. One of the new features they are using that we, you know, you know we're constantly looking to new features to provide our customers with war services that eventually will um, drive better result on our bottom line. At the end of the day, we are here to make money. Um, so one of those one of those features is what the industry calls remote ID. Think about it as a license plate for drones. That if someone, if you as a citizen see drones flying above you and you want to know who owned these drones, where is going to, what is the direction, etc. Um, that's called that's technology or this standard actually, it's not a technology called remote ID. And we started to provide our customers with this um, with with this feature. And today all of Naamaz, all, all of the indie drones are also using the Halo not only as their communication um, link, but also as their remote ID, again, license plate, if you will, <clears throat> when they are flying in the sky. And we're talking about thousands of, of flights happening um, every week actually so that's a very heavy program that we are very um happy to and exciting excited excited sorry to take part in and i know that another important area that drones are being used is to calculate uh, a carbon footprint uh, carbon credits or, or counting carbon offsets so what are the drones actually doing when they're, when they're in the air? How does that work, Yoav? So like I said before, drones have, um, have a very good carbon footprint when it comes to different kind of operation. 
And this way, the drones help to hold large companies to account on their carbon emission to ensure transparency and cooperate ECG statements because they can get much closer than crude aircraft or different kind of other platforms to the uh, plantation and get much more granular picture. This is another reason why we believe drone will use scale up um, exponentially. They change lives for the better because, um, because of the convenience they offer, how economical are they, how they save life thanks to their speed and agility, like we said, uh, we mentioned a couple of those use cases before, and even help save the planet by cutting the use of crude aviation uh, plus measuring carbon off- offset. So again, that's another good reasons why using drones will make all of our lives better on this planet Earth, which, again, think about a future picture when we are thinking about this industry in scale, in a very massive scale, and having this infrastructure in place will allow us to make much more with this infrastructure. And I always give the reference like the internet changed the world by providing um, the virtual um, environment, like we are talking right now, you're in Australia, I happen to be in India at the moment, but we have this um, clear capability to make this call. Same for the drone infrastructure or the unmanned infrastructure in general. Some people, it's hard for them to predict or to, to forecast how it will look like, but think about what internet did for the virtual environment or the virtual infrastructure. This unmanned will become the physical infrastructure that will change our life completely. And again, like I said before, it's extremely excited to be one of the main um, engine who drive this um, this industry forward. And for us, it's every day to wake up for these challenges. It's very exciting and very interesting. Well, you mentioned India. I can't let you go without asking you what what brings you to the subcontinent, Yoav. So where are you and um, what's on the agenda? So I'm in Bangalore, India. Actually, we are started to see from the beginning of 23, we're seeing kind of a revival from the Indian market having more and more companies approaching us, speaking about BBLOS, because if you think about the Indian environment, you understand that they have heavy traffic issues and a huge population of 1.4 billion people um, that they need to, to serve. So there is a very interesting use of this, of this infrastructure that I mentioned before here in India, and we see a lot of demand coming from here. And this week, there is a big event, big show called Aero India, which brings together many of these industry players into one place in Bangalore, um, India. And we took the opportunity to come over and to understand this market from a closer side and to, to have it from first side to understand what is it, what are the challenges here, how do we penetrate this market. So on one hand, we already have customers here. On the other hand, we're feeling that we have a lot of potential to grow um, in this market and to crack into this market. That's that can become one of our biggest markets. So that's why I'm here. I literally got here three hours ago, and I'm here for the full week for your India show. Well, good luck in India, and good luck for 2023, Yoav. It's fantastic to catch up with you uh, again. And we wish you all the very best for a very successful year for you personally and professionally and for Elside as well. So good luck in your travels and thank you, Yoav. Thank you very much, Justin. Always great to be here in the Unicorn Podcast.